Is that the best Sandy Alcantara start of his Marlins career? Is it maybe one of the most critical complete games of Sandy Alcantara's career? However, the Marlins, they head into Tampa and they get the split. One apiece. Baseball is a weird game, guys. From one day to the next, anything can happen. And the Marlins absolutely got a badly needed dub on the road. Sandy Alcantara, complete game. Tons to get into. This is Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England. Welcome to Locked On Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on X at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you listen to the pod, firstly, hit subscribe, leave a review. Much appreciated. This, of course, is your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. This, this episode's coming at you post-game, even though it's still just about light here in the uk that game was that early there is a youtube channel of course guys head on over there hit subscribe also get involved in the comments too an episode a few days ago there was like nearly a hundred comments on the video itself unbelievable engagement guys so many so many people following along with these marlins and listen it's been a polarizing it's a polarizing club lot of conversation a lot of discourse and it's a lot of fun, guys. A lot of fun. So head on over there to YouTube. Hit subscribe. Follow along. You'll get the graphics, too. You'll get an insight into my into my lounge, my living room. I don't know what the right phrase is in American. Nevertheless, uh, this episode is sponsored by our good friends over at Sleeper. And you can swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks. And you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code Locked On. You'll get up to 100 bucks matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, guys. Welcome to Wednesday's episode of Locked On Marlins. This is coming at you post-game after the day game, uh, which rattled along at a fast pace. I was cooking uh, as the game was going along, and... I'm not even sure I had the chicken in the oven and out the oven by the time the game had ended. It was that quick. Two hours, 15 minutes, I think. And the reason it was so quick was Sandy Alcantara, baby, was humming. Absolutely humming. It was rapido from him. The Marlins offense equally was, it was like the Marlins offense of pre-All-Star pre break, where they just accumulated hits, accumulated hits, scored some runs. Came in bunches, a few crooked numbers in there. Great to see with, you know, the usual protagonists in there of Luis Reyes with a multi-hit day. But also, you get multi-hit appearances and performances from, and I mean, this is the meat and potatoes of the lineup here, Garrett Hampson, multi-hit day. Yuli Gurriel, multi-hit day. John Birdie, multi-hit day. And Jacob Stallings, multi-hit day. Jacob Barrels, baby, absolutely raking. Uh, Garrett Hampson, you're thinking, hey, Garrett Hampson wasn't starting. Yeah, Jesus Sanchez exits the game 
Uh, after running down to first base, looked like it was maybe a leg injury or something. He was kind of, you know, keeled over a bit. Then, as he was walking back to the to the the dugout, had to kind of lean into John Jay and ask for him to help hold him up. Kind of looked when you thought it was a leg injury, thinking, okay, it's he's struggling there. But then, seems like it was more of a a neck issue or something. I wonder if it's. I don't know. Like I know Craig Mish talking about uh, Garrett Cooper dealing with some kind of like vertigo type issue uh, with that inner ear infection and whatever. So I don't know if the two are connected, but a little bit worrying there with Jesus Sanchez kind of being, you know, helped off the field, some sort of neck or balance or head issue. I don't know. So worrying there from Jesus Sanchez, but Garrett Hampson comes in and does a job. Guriel, as he always has been doing this year, does a job. But John Birdie, for me, two hits and a walk. All runs score. So three runs scored from John Birdie. Um, also an RBI. Hold, like, just hold the press here a minute, guys. John Birdie's hitting 297 on the year. 297. John Birdie, where did that come from? The ultimate utility guy. I know Kike Hernandez got traded to the Dodgers yesterday. But no one is in the class of John Birdie as the util guy. No one. And he played He played great today at third base. There was, I think, maybe one slightly errant throw, but there was one amazing diving grab. And listen, John Birdie's an absolute stud there. Jacob Stallings as well, with two big knocks, two RBIs for Jacob Stallings. Um, he's sitting over 200 now, by the way. Stop the press also. So, Dane Myers. Dane Myers. 0 for 3. 3Ks. Sack fly as well. So... Bit of discourse around Dane Myers, what his future may hold here for the Marlins. It's fair to say, after a scorching hot start, he continued to hit the ball very hard without any luck. Now the strikeout has started to appear. Some thinking that Dane Myers may well be optioned back down. Xavier Edwards, maybe. Coming up, we'll wait to see. Wait to see how it plays out. Um, I'm still a believer in Dane. Still a believer in Dane Myers. I think he was just unlucky. And today, tough... Tough day. There was a lot of a lot of sliders being thrown today. Uh, and Jorge Soler 0 for 5. Again, a lot of sliders being thrown today. Jorge Soler's kryptonite. So Dane and maybe Jorge Soler have the same holes in their swings, perhaps. So if Dane Myers can become Jorge Soler, then boy, oh boy, happy days for the Marlins. But overall, guys, listen, it's 7-1. 7-1, but the storyline here is not the offense. Well, it is, but it's not the offense. It's Sandy Alcantara with a complete game uh, in under 100 pitches too. It was so efficient from Sandy, so good. He ran into a touch of trouble in the ninth, and I think one other inning had got a little bit wonky um, with that one-run scoring, but overall just super efficient from Sandy. And it was just full attack mode. Um, no one, barely anyone could get a bat on him. There were so many swings and misses, it felt like. So impressive from Sandy. Vintage, some would say. So, as I was watching this game, I was thinking, I'm not sure I've seen Sandy this good. Definitely this year. I know he had a complete game against the Twins, but this was better. This was definitely better than that. I know everyone talks about the complete game in, in, you know, in St. Louis last year, um, and that was a different type of complete game. There were some other complete games, but I'm, I'm not sure I've seen Sandy pitch better than this. To be honest with you, in any start that I can remember, it was so impressive, so efficient, and so necessary.
for the Marlins. They've been absolutely crying out for Sandy Alcantara to return to Sandy Alcantara. Jacob Stalling speaking after the game too, saying he knew. He knew today Sandy was he was feeling a bit loose, a bit looser. Which is great to hear. And he goes out there and twirls an absolute gem. If, and I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not even certain we need to even say if, but if Sandy Alcantara returns to Sandy 2022 form from now on, then that is by far, irrespective of what happens at the deadline, it's by far the biggest pitching upgrade that anyone will have. Any club. And that includes if Otani has moved. Sandy's miles better than Otani on the mound. But for the Marlins to add a former Cy Young winner, current Cy Young holder, that's the right way of phrasing it, if they add that to a current Cy Young contender in Jesus Lozado, the Marlins all of a sudden have two Cy Young contenders in the rotation. What happens after them in the rotation, I guess, is still up for debate. And that's something for the Marlins to look to try and address. Um, want to talk about Edward Cabrera. You know, baseball, funny game. Day to day, you can't predict it. It's night and day from the Marlins there. They get shut out by Tyler Glasnow, who's an absolute stud. Stud. Then Sandy comes out and he does his thing. That's the beauty of baseball, where one day to the next, one pitcher to the next, the games, they go in completely different directions. And we saw that. If you were watching this game today, You'd be saying, the Marlins are World Series contenders. <laughs> you just watch this game. Um, but that's just baseball, right, guys? The Marlins, they split the series. They did the... They delivered the expected result, the necessary result. Maybe that's a better way of phrasing it. They needed to split this series. They couldn't get swept, a mini sweep. Um, they couldn't. They couldn't. They go back to seven games over 500. They're two and eight in their last 10. The Tigers are coming to town. The Tigers, by the way, let's just have a look what they're doing. They're 46 and 55. Five and five in their last 10. They're seven games back in the division. I mean, the Tigers, are, they're still in the mix there in that central. So Tigers are going to be coming in playing ball. They're going to be wanting to win. That central division, anything can happen. Anything is possible. If the Tigers can piece it together, who knows? We'll wait to see what kind of Tigers turn up. But for the Marlins, that dub was critical. This Tiger series, critical. We're going to talk about it later in the week, in the next day or two. Next episodes, we're going to look at... We've looked at pitching targets, starting pitching. A couple of bullpen arms, maybe. We're also going to look about maybe offensive upgrades. The Marlins loosely linked to Cody Bellinger. Everyone's going to be linked to Cody Bellinger. For right now, Cody Bellinger is the premier non-Otani stick that is available that could deliver the you know serious impact, the game-changing stick maybe with Cody Ballinger. So everyone's going to be after Cody Ballinger. It doesn't matter who. The Marlins want to go down that path? Wait and see. We knew they were interested in the offseason. We're going to talk about that, though, in the next couple of days. However, we want to talk about Edward Cabrera. The blister issue reoccurred. What does that mean? What does that mean, particularly for George Soriano? Also want to give some birdie love. Talk about the Tigers too. However, as mentioned, this episode is sponsored by good friends over at Sleeper. They have some sexy graphics. Those that are watching will now have the graphics. But if you want 
The chance to win more money with less picks, head to Sleeper, where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. And if you took the over on the home runs for Brian De La Cruz today, you would be a winner if you took the over on the Jacob Barrels, i.e. Jacob Stallings hits. You would be a winner. Yes, sir. You want to win money and you want to win 100 times your money on Daily Fantasy Baseball. Sleeper is now offering 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests. Choose as many as eight players that you like. Pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. You get your picks right and you could win big time. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's safe and fast withdrawals as well. When you do win, and all you got to do is use the promo code locked on, you get up to 100 bucks matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, guys, welcome back to Locked on Marlins. This is the Wednesday episode post-game after the Marlins split the series with Tampa on the road. Sandy Alcantara throwing a complete game. Complete game, not a shutout, but a complete game. Marlins win it 7-1. Offense came alive. Multi-hit day all over the show. And a Brian De La Cruz bomb, yes, sir. Want to go back to yesterday, though. Want to talk about Eddie Cabrera. Eddie Cabrera felt like he was asked to return to action quickly. Ahead of schedule, no rehab. Jazz Chisholm Jr. would be a, would be a fan of that approach. No rehab. Talk about Jazz as well, briefly. Uh, he was a couple of sim games and then straight back into the mix. The Marlins needed him. They needed Eddie. Yesterday, though, a couple of innings worth of work, a couple of earned runs, exits the game early. Three innings only. He was only able to get through three. Out of the game, dealing with blister issues. He's dealt with blister issues this year. He's just back from a shoulder issue. The question will be with Eddie Cabrera right now at this point, and considering that George Soriano, who ended up having to come into the game and provide, again, another stunning relief outing there, um, the question will be is, will Eddie Cabrera be able to make his next start? Soriano came in and threw three and a third innings given up just one earned run. Sorry, Eddie Cabrera only threw two innings. Two innings at work for Eddie, 53 pitches. So with, with this blister issue that's reoccurring and Soriano having thrown 49 pitches, do the Marlins maybe look to, do they need to firstly, not look to, if they need to send Eddie Cabrera onto the IL again because of blister issues, a different uh, issue, but back to the IL, if they need to, does that mean that George Soriano could be slated to start next time around? That would be that would be a home game, potentially, if the Marlins stick with the, the current rotation. Granted, there's an off day around at the moment uh, that, that they're going to have tomorrow. Um, but would the Marlins look to start George Soriano against the Phillies at home in what could be deemed as a, a must-series? I think that would be deadline day as well. Imagine that. Soriano starting. Listen, George Soriano, this year right now, he and Skip uh, Schumacher, 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 um, he spoke about it a few days back, just saying how impressed he's been with Soriano and equally that they may look to stretch him out even further, that he could do it. And actually, maybe he deserves to be doing it right now. So who knows? George Soriano may be starting against the Phils. I think this all hinges on Eddie Cabrera, though. If Eddie's available and he's able to throw as per normal, 
then absolutely Eddie should be starting. And Soriano can just be that, that long man, that elite long man um, out of there too. Brief update yesterday, Andrew Nardi made his return and his first rehab uh, inning. He ends up having a clean inning with two strikeouts. Andrew Nardi, baby, as soon as he's gone down, this bullpen has gone backwards big time. The Marlins really need Andrew Nardi back. Imagine now if the Marlins add Cy Young caliber starting pitcher in Sandy Alcantara. If they add an all-star level, a reliever, mop-up guy, fire extinguisher, <laughs> Andrew Nardi, plus Jazz Chisholm Jr., all-star caliber stick, all-star caliber glove back at this deadline. Irrespective of what the Marlins do, they're going to be upgraded. No doubt. Jazz Chisholm Jr. spoke about it over the weekend. He expected to be back for the Tigers series. Um, he's made no rehab starts and he barely swung a bat at that point. But Jazz out there saying that that's what he expected. Craig Mish. Craig Mish called him out to say Jazz's biggest... Uh, Floor, if that's the right way of phrasing it, is his injury timeline assessments. He is the worst at doing that. He says he's back tomorrow and he's back in two months. However, if Jazz Chisholm Jr. is back early in August, it's a big fat dub. If he's back for the Tiger Series, even fatter of a dub with obliques and Jazz Chisholm Jr. and the type of swing he has. I hope that the Marlins play it relatively safe at this point. There's a huge August. And September, huge August and September in store here for the Marlins. There's a ton of clubs hovering around the wildcard spot. It's so tight in the NL. It really is. And right now, there's five clubs vying for three spots. That doesn't include if the Padres find a way to get hot, or the Cubs, or the Mets. So in reality, there could be eight teams going for three spots. Could be an absolute wild, wild, wildcard run. Really could. The question is, how, how much of an upgrade, how many upgrades do the Marlins make at this deadline? And I think it all comes down to the fact that there's so few sellers at this point. So few. And the rotation arms, everyone seems to need pitching. You know, Marlins are no different. Everyone is after sticks, impact sticks. Marlins are no different. And so it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to strike some deals. It's really a seller's market at this point. Maybe. Some saying that actually there may be too many starting pitchers available. And so maybe as you get towards the deadline, all of a sudden there's like five, six guys that, you know, uh, you know, two threes in the rotation, let's say. All of a sudden, maybe as they get nearer the deadline, the price starts to drop. So I think most likely... The Marlins were going to do business early. If they were, they would have done it by now. Kim's out there saying it's really tough at the moment because no one's selling. I think the Marlins and many clubs will leave it extremely late. It will be many deals right up to the deadline. Could even be a few fax machines breaking and a few deals falling apart because paperwork not submitted at the right time, etc., etc. So we hope that the Marlins get their fax machine ready. They get it you know, fully inked up ready for action. Um, what this run has showed us in the past, you know, since the All-Star break, is that the Marlins weren't playing good ball. They got a bit unlucky in part. They were getting lucky earlier. It wasn't quite falling their way. 
But overall, they're still seven games over 500. They have to seek upgrades, and they will. They will seek upgrades. The question has to be, how sensible are you at that point? And I think there has to be a degree of, you know, sensible, you know, decision-making around this one. I don't think you need to leverage, you know, the whole of the future on this one season in 2023, going after a wildcard spot against maybe five, six, seven clubs, all of which have plenty of talent themselves. So I think the Marlins need to be cautious. I think it's pretty obvious where their needs are. Many other clubs have the same needs. And so this is going to be such an intriguing deadline. It really is. There's going to be a ton of activity, but I think the activity is going to come real late. Um, And like I've already mentioned, for the Marlins, if they get Sandy back and Sandy 2022 is back, huge upgrade. Nardi back in the bullpen, huge upgrade. Jazz Chisholm Jr., back in center field, second base, shortstop. I don't care. dh in. I don't care. Huge upgrade. Avicel Garcia, he's back soon. Uh, He's back soon. <laughs> That's all we'll say about Avicel Garcia. However, he did go one for three with a double yesterday. Um, One of the news and note that I do think it pertains to this season and the bullpen, thinking about how maybe things would play out. We did see the news yesterday that Max Meyer reporting some some soreness with his elbow. Went to see the doctor. Nothing there structural by all accounts. Max Meyer shut down for this point. I think based on the injuries coming back from with Max Meyer and where we're at in the year, I think the Marlins need to plan, and they may have already been planning for no Max Meyer returning in September to help them uh, maybe out the bullpen. Uh, I think Max Meyer it will not be throwing any innings whatsoever in games anyway in 2023, which is likely the sensible thing. So how that impacts the Marlins at the deadline, I, d- I do think it's maybe unfortunate timing because if there was maybe some clubs interested in Max Meyer, which there will be, they will be asking for Max Meyer in deals because particularly you know for those sellers right now that aren't in it, it's not great timing that he's down and hurt again after working his way back from from Tommy John. So discouraging there on Max Meyer. I think we can rule him out, which again pushes up the need to to make sure they get some righty relievers in. Did see as well Tony Bender. Remember him? Marlins closer in 2022 to start the year. Tony Bender seems to be working his way back also. You know, we've kind of forgotten about Anthony Bender, um, but, you know, he is a reliever, a righty reliever that can strike out guys. And so those are certainly valuable for the Marlins right now. So maybe they do have a couple of in-house kind of candidates working their way back. Trevor Rogers still no throw, still no throw on Rogers. That means he's probably at least a month away. So you're not getting Trevor Rogers back until September, probably best case. Yuri Perez, he's not throwing innings at the moment either. So the Marlins still desperately need to start in pitcher. We know this. Many clubs do. Um, they're piecing it together for now. They've got the Tigers coming to town and then the Phils ahead of this deadline. And then to be honest with you, things start to get extremely wild. They need to be cautious, in my opinion. They need to be cautious. But this win in Tampa with Sandy Alcantara going how he's gone and the offense doing what it's done there in game two, it's got a it reminds the club, it reignites, it reinvigorates the clubhouse maybe and reminds everyone, we can do this. We've been doing it all year. 
We can beat good teams and we can beat them on the road. Sandy can beat good lineups and he can beat them on the road. And the offense, John Birdie, Jacob Stallings, Garrett Hampson, Yuli Gurriel, they can all put up multi-hit. Luis Arias, we know. We know. Love to see Jorge Soler bouncing back. It's been a real struggle for Soler. Early in the year, that swing and miss from that slider, that, or that, that weakness that's always existed, he managed to be laying off those pitches early in the year. He's now not laying off. Maybe he's overcompensating because he's in a bit of a funk. We need to see, see Soler be more selective in that slider low and away. The Stanton zone, let's call it. We need Soler to lay off those. Start to get those pitches back up and in where he can turn on. Start to see the power stroke return for Jorge Soler. Guys, it's going to wrap us up for today's episode. It was a great win. It was an early win. I'm sorry if you guys missed it. Many would. Many of the listeners, you guys are all based in the States. For me, it was 10 past five. It was almost too early for me. Too early for me. But for you guys that missed it, um, it was unfortunate because I think that was probably Sandy Alcantara's most efficient and best start ever. So impressive. So impressive. And the Marlins offense equally. So impressive. And it all came primarily from the bottom of the order. Great to see. Guys, thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day. I'll be back tomorrow, and I'm going to really start to dig into some deadline options, particularly offensive guys. A lot of people talking about Bellinger, but there are other options out there, and there have to be other options out there because pretty much everyone will be talking to the Cubs about Cody Bellinger. Look forward to seeing you then.